Hey, everybody, welcome to the Amazon Book Club. This week, we're reading Pancakes and Corpses by Agatha Frost. Good news, Ganesha's been working all week on his British accent. Ganesha, let's hear it. <clears throat> Crikey, mate, a dingo ate my crumpet. Perfect. My name's Austin Hanna. Hi, I'm Ganesh Sarma. And it's Shane Burklow. You all know Shane Burklow. You this, know me. This week, we're reading a book called Pancakes and Corpses. Oh, I love this. By Ag- Agatha Frost. Thank you, Agatha, for your contribution to our podcast. Uh, could you imagine if this was a movie? I'm just going to jump to that part already. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't. Those are two nouns, so I can only envision two things for this. That's enough. Which maybe, you, know, you never know, could be the gist of the whole book. Uh, it's got to be. Before you read us a synopsis, I suppose I'll say that if you've never listened to this podcast before, oh boy, what we do every week of our lives now for like over a year, well over a year, we've gotten together and we've read a free ebook from Amazon Prime. We read the first page, the 25% mark, the 50% mark, the 75% mark, and the last page of the whole book. And then that's the end of the podcast. And uh, we go home. We get, go home and I, I call a car. Do you go to bed right when you get home? Um, I sit on my couch for about 15 minutes and stare at the ceiling. Until my eyes begin to shut, and then I lay down and go to sleep. Beautiful. What yeah. about you, Ganesh? You say bye-bye to us. I say bye-bye, and then I immediately start playing video games. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you have fun he after. Does. He needs a little stimulation. Oh. I just have- when the boys are away, daddy will play. <laughs> oh, wonderful. No. Shane, what do you do when you get home? I go home, okay. and I brush my teeth. Pour yourself a glass of milk. And I take my contacts out. Okay. And I go to bed. Oh, right away. Right away. Not even, you don't even say hello to your significant other. You just uh, head straight for the bed. I go to bed. You say, it's another tough night at the office, babe. I'm tired. Yep. You guys wear me out. No. You make my brain move and I hate to do it. Great. I mean, I like to do this. I don't like thinking. Uh, oh, that's sad to hear. You know? Um, I don't care for it either. It's really been a pain in my side to watch. How's your car ride? Does it, wait, here's a question. To get home? Yeah, you I've think been burning time to ask this question. <laughs> Ooh. Do these guys take the same route every time? Yeah, it's really, a, it's the same way every time. That's funny. Uh, yep, take a go right down the street here. Take a right. Take another left. Uh, then you take another left, and then a right. Uh, then you hit no strand to go right. Boom. Take that all the way down. Boom. Go right. Boom. Another right. Then you're right in front of my house. Man, you sound like one of these authors. I got a question for you. Okay. When you're in the back of an Uber, mm. who says I'm not in the front? <laughs> when you're in an Uber, I like, you, to, I like to make friends. Do you put your headphones in? Hell no, that's rude. That's do you do really that? rude? Head- oh. <laughs> Okay. Sometimes. But seriously, I'm not even kidding, man. That's fucking rude. Is it? What if you say first, I'm putting my headphones in? <laughs> That's even more rude. That's Is it? weird. Yeah. You're in a car, just sit there. Yeah. If they got, Why here's not? my what? policy. My policy in the back of the car is if they want to talk to me, I will talk to them. But I do not want to be the guy who's like, shut up and drive. You know, I'll, like the song. Shut up and drive. <laughs> <laughs> it actually would be funny if I sang it. Then I wouldn't <laughs> mind doing that. But usually they I don't give want... you like one star. Hey, excuse me, sir. Uh, shut up and drive. <laughs> He's like, like oh, all right. I like a man who knows what he wants. He's going to drive us into the river. Pedal to the metal so no my rule is that if they want to talk to me i'll talk to them i'm ready for anything but if they don't want to talk to me 
That's great. I don't want to close the door and stuff. Sometimes they're like, hey, should I go on this thing? I'm like, yeah, sure. I've made some of my best friends in Uber rides. Like, for example, Shane was my Uber driver. <laughs> it's true. I was like, where to, sir? And he said, the stars. Hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you said, shut up and drive. And he said, I love that song. And I said, seriously, shut up and drive. And <laughs> I was like, I can't, sir. And then when I got out of the car, I the light came on when I opened the door and I saw a glimpse of that smile. And I said, I've made a grave mistake. We need to get to know each other. And I said, as you were closing the door, tip your driver. And then I said, nope, it's Uber. I only tip and lift. And I went upstairs. No, no, you didn't say just nope. You said no thanks. That's right. I was gracious. And then I called him later uh, on a rotary phone, actually, my grandmother's. And I said, I'd love to go out someday and watch a Big Ten basketball game with you. (laughs) We went to the tournament. We did. The Big Ten tournament. It was great. And we had a ball. We had cotton candy and hot tea. Oh, my God. It was uh, something I never thought I'd experience wow. with another man, but now we're best friends. And, and I drove you home after that, And too. on the way home, we saw a man begging on the side of the street, and that was Ganesh. And that's the first day we did the podcast. <laughs> we said, this guy looks like he'll read books to us. Uh, yes, please. And sure enough. Then you need to teach me how to read. That was a whole other thing. This was years ago. Anyway. Time flies, right? Shane you- looks like if Steve Jobs had never gotten Apple to work out. What are we doing? Are we riffing? Are we doing insult Oh, comedy? yeah. What's the, what are uh, we shitting on Shane? What are you, okay. <laughs> well, how else are we going to go? Uh, why is that? It's the slightly disheveled hair, but still, it still looks good. I think it's double the all black all like every day. Yeah, we're it's a whole thing. You want to go down the road of what we look like? You want to test the waters here, buddy? Yeah, let's test the waters. I wear the same. I buy what cartoon characters have in their closet. I have the same outfit. This is like real. I have like five of like the same shirt. I have a long sleeve black shirt with a little pocket and I have five of these. I'm right there with you. At the beginning of every winter, I buy a hundred dollars worth of old Navy sweaters, which is, (laughs) which is no joke, 250 sweaters. And I don't even, it's even sadder than a cartoon. I don't have a closet just in a pile on my floor. It's every day. I say, which one of these smells the best? And I pick the opposite of that. Yeah. Black jeans, black t-shirt, sometimes long sleeve, sometimes short sleeve. Now let's get real. Black hat. And, you know, sometimes I have black sneakers or black boots, how and many, that's my work. How many pairs of jeans are in your rotation? Usually, like, three or four. Two and a half. Huh? Are they shorts? What? <laughs> no, they're the, the bottom part of the pants. <laughs> the cuffs. <laughs> I'm cuffing today, babe. It's Saturday, baby. <laughs> Bring out the cuffs. I'm going to the park today, huh? Might as well bust out my trusty cuffs. Why not? I ain't, I ain't driving. Two and a half, huh? Yeah, I, I say two nice pairs of jeans, and I have, like, one shitty pair of jeans. A nice pair of jeans? How do they boot cut? You fucking braggart. Raw denim. Ooh. You got to work your way into those. Now, how many khakis are we talking? <laughs> Half a khak? <laughs> I do have cut off khakis. <laughs> hey, let's uh, hear the synopsis of this okay. book, okay? Is that right? Did What's, you already say what we do on this podcast? Fuck you. Yeah, we're 45 <laughs> minutes into it. Of course I said that. Read the synopsis of the book. I forgot what it's called, even. Pancakes and Corpses. Ah, spooky. The first clean and fun book in the best-selling Paradale Cafe Cozy Mystery Series. Delightful. You know, you're saying it kind of in a jest, in a jestive, jesting. I think it's jestive. Uh, <laughs> in a jestive way. way. Don't mock this. This sounds great. Yeah, come on. We're having, we're having fun, but we're here as serious readers and fans of the art of literature. Reading is fun. Demental. Don't do that. Okay, read the song. Soon to be divorced, Julia South never expected to be caught up in solving a murder until she discovered the body of her cafe's most awkward customer. Oh, jeez. Is it me? <laughs> Said Southern Steve Jobs again. With a new smug detective inspector in town who underestimates her every move, Julia makes it her mission to discover the real murderer before her village friends are dragged into the frame and more bodies are discovered. Oh, dear. 
Okay, I like that. Short and sweet. Synopsis uh, is often go too long. Oh, book there's one me. in the Paradale Cafe Mystery Series, Great. a light, cozy mystery read with a cat-loving and cafe-owning female amateur sleuth in a small village setting with quirky characters. No cliffhanger, no swearing, no gore or graphic scenes. Wow, bummer. Um, I like when I say short and sweet cool. and you just read way more. <laughs> I was praising you for making it concise, and yet here we are many minutes later. I, I wanted I, to read the disclaimer. No, props to, for having that. It's yeah. good to know. I don't want any curses, you know? and I don't want any cliffhangers, and I definitely don't want any spoilers. No, no, no. Unless we're talking cliffhanger starring Sylvester Stallone. We're not. That doesn't to- exist in this universe. No way. This is a cozy universe. Okay, let's read the book. Let's read the book. Come on, let's read the book. Hey, let's read the book. Well, good news, folks. This is going to be a cuss-free episode. Thank God. Thank the good. Gosh. Sorry. Thank my sweet Lord gosh that this is going to be clean for the kids. Am I right, Ganesh? Am I right, Ganesh? I'll keep it clean for you. That sounds dirty. All right. Let's read the first page of Pancakes and Corpses, please. Chapter one. Mm. Baking was Julia South's therapy. As she squeezed more lemon juice into the butter icing cream, butter cream icing. Oh, mm. you butchered it. No, no, no. Have you ever baked, sir? God almighty. I haven't. So have you? No, but you've watched <laughs> a lot of Great British Bake Off. Yes, and I love it. Mm. I love it. I'm a big Paul Hollywood guy. They call me oh, a Hollyhead. No, I like Mary Berry. And you know what? What? I love Prue. I love Prue. You're love, just going to overlook... Hollywood, my man Hollywood, like nah, that. Big he's, Paul, he's big a dick. P, I don't like the handshake. The handshake. That show is, has, is not a dick. I'm telling you what, that show doesn't have the right pH balance because I'm saying more Paul Hollywood. <laughs> Do you like the new hosts? Uh, they're fine. I like them. They're it's, cheeky. They're good. Well, aren't they all? Everybody uh, with that accent is. <laughs> did you see the new season with Raul? Um, I've seen some. Great stuff. The shout, whole thing. Shout out to Raul. And avoided looking at the divorce papers sitting on our <laughs> kitchen counter. Good to start mid-sentence. She was grateful for that therapy more than ever. Good morning, she said to her smoky gray Maine coon, Mowgli. <gasps> Excuse me. As he strutted into the kitchen from the garden. Hungry? Mowgli jumped onto the counter to greet her, making sure to cover the envelope containing the divorce papers with his muddy paw prints. Oh, no, Mowgli. thanks, lady. <laughs> I ate outside. Mowgli's always looking out for the divorcees. Julia licked buttercream off her fingers and tickled appreciatively under his chin. Wouldn't you love it if we did that to you, Ganesh? <laughs> Take it to you with a little buttercream finger under the chin. Could you? <laughs> Imagine the giggles. If you're a good boy. Oh, I'm sorry. This is sick. Huh? <laughs> We're adults. We're this, 30 years old. Is, I put we my, could have kids. I put my name on we this. We could. We could, could have be, kids, I but we be a father. Instead, we do this. In a way, we're raising ourselves. That's right. The timeless and totally not insufferable tale of uh, three men in arrested development trying to figure out themselves in their 30s. He purred and rubbed his head against her, making her realize she wasn't just grateful for baking this morning. Julia emptied a pouch of cat food into Mowgli's bowl as he softly purred and circled her feet. She tickled his head one last time before washing her hands and returning to her baking. Good. That's rule number one in the kitchen. You gotta wash your hands. Yeah. No cat shit in the food. Just in time for the oven to beep. Julia pulled out the lemon sponge cake and probed it with the end of a knife, delighted by how perfectly cooked it was. It sounds dirty. I was promised a clean book. I can make anything sound dirty. Ugh. She removed it from the tray and set it on a cooling rack so it would be ready for the freshly made lemon buttercream icing. Stop Stop it. Stop making it all sound dirty. 
you're 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 not getting any of this icing tickled on your chin after this. You keep backing up. Yeah, if you act up, you're just gonna get a a raw tickle and a paddle. Julia had been working on the recipe for her new lemon sponge cake for the best part of a week, and she was sure she had found the right balance between tangy and sweet with her latest batch. <laughs> okay, what the fuck? <laughs> Which word did you fuck up there? Let's uh, let's hear it. Tangy, huh? What? Uh, was that from the island of Tangier? <laughs> Tangerines. Filled yeah, that had a little bit of a tangy taste. <laughs> you toss me a tangy. I'm getting hungry. Oh, <laughs> man. It's been a long night for Ganesh. Mm. Gotta to- go back to school, fellas. I almost got a perfect score on my SATs. Oh. What was that? A hundred's not good, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, so got like a, got I got 98. like a 1510 or some shit, dude. That's pretty good. This was after they changed it to like <laughs> 1800. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, that's fine. I got a 1290. What about you? What's your SAT score? <laughs> I don't remember. I went Ooh, to art school. That's the sign of someone who oh, did boy. not do well in the SAT. I probably did poorly. Keep honestly. in mind that Shane did go to a high school that was not accredited. It's true. It wasn't. <laughs> the Phoenix Online of high schools. It was a one-room schoolhouse. They had a hose. <laughs> and boy, they turned it on us quick. <laughs> Tangy. Tangy was the word I was looking for. Oh, uh, yeah, we're back to that. Yeah. Between tangy and sweet with her latest batch. Tangy, I'm sorry, man. Damn, that's good. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. Even if she approved of the cake, it wouldn't make its way under a I'm requesting menu. a new sound effect. When you say something like that, we're going to say, damn, that's good. And you're going to play a slow motion. God damn. Over top of it, okay? <laughs> All right. That's the okay. new. It's been a while since we've introduced a new sound effect, and now every time... It doesn't even have to be that. Damn, but whenever I good. when I hear something that makes me say "damn," we're doing a, a, a real slow, passionate "goddamn" on top. Damn. You want to try it? Damn. God damn. damn. That's good. God damn. That's good. All right. All right. That's it. That's it for my side. Leaving the cake to cool, Julia turned her attention to the thick envelope again. She reached out to pick it up, but stopped herself. Ever since it landed on her doormat three days ago, it had been sitting untouched in the same spot on her kitchen counter. She knew she needed to open it eventually, but she didn't want to ruin her Saturday morning. What are these, the divorce papers? Yeah. Okay. I, you don't want to ruin your Saturday morning. You know why? Because if you do, you're not going to enjoy Pepper Ann. That's true. And then guess what? You can't get divorced on Sunday because that's God's day. And then Monday, <laughs> who's got the time? Tuesday's good, though. Tuesday's the best day to get divorced is what the scientists say. Wednesday, close second. Mm-hmm. It's hump day. Friday. Awful. No, thank you. That's fun day. That's fun day. Julia lived in a quaint two-bedroom cottage in the tiny village of Perrydale in the heart of the Cotswolds. Oh, gonna need a... You ever been? Gonna need a goog on that. Somebody get a goog on that. Can we Google it? Can we Google that? Can we Google I, that? My first reaction is to say that it is in the Pacific Northwest. My first I reaction... Was Europe. I was thinking the Shire from The Lord of the mm. Rings. Yeah. Okay, I think that's right. She had been born and raised in Perrydale, and it had been her home until she met her soon-to-be ex-husband, Gerard. Jared? Uh, you tell me, but Did you get hit in the head recently? <laughs> At the age of 21, she had moved to London to be with him. Oh, it's Europe. Okay. I think. Cotswold? Is yeah, London right. in Brexit? Where? I mean, it's still Europe, even though they Brexited, right? Yes. UK counts as Europe. No, now it's Mississippi. Well, they got the teeth for it. Where Gerard 
politely informed her that they would be divorcing so he could marry his blonde 25-year-old secretary, Chantel. I mean, you gotta do that. She had entertained the idea of staying in the big city to make it on her own, but the lure of a home had been too strong. So she sunk her life savings into the tiny cottage. She quickly dressed and assessed herself in the mirror. She brushed flour out of her brown curls, as well as the creases out of her mint-colored 1940s-style dress. Vintage, huh? Just dressing up to bake, huh? It covered the tops of her arms, nipped in at the waist, and flared out into a skirt that stopped just below her knees. Sounds like a dress to me. She had 20 pounds on Chantel. What about reach, height? As well as... Ten years in age, but Sha- but Julia went in a fight. <laughs> I got odds on Chantel. <laughs> She's spry. She's young. She's quick and can dodge. Yeah, and that's really the skill in the fight. I don't know. I think. Have you seen Muhammad Ali dodge like twenty punches at once? Yeah, in person. In person, you saw that in person. Yeah, I have seen that. Muhammad Ali, I believe, was a pretty impressive uh, wrestler. Was it? What was that? A yeah, I kick, think he was a, He's a body slammer. Oh yeah. Goddamn. <laughs> But Julia didn't care. She'd never been happier. After icing the lemon sponge with the buttercream, she she boxed up the cake and scratched Mowgli's cheek. Sorry, this is a clean book. My apologies. You got to cool your cakes, bud, (laughs) or else you're going to get some tangy shit. (laughs) Let's stop there. (laughs) I caramba. What a book. What a reading by Ganesh, our our hero. But this is pancakes and corpses. Yeah, where's the cakes and where's Where's the corpses? Where's the breakfast food and where are the dead people? (laughs) And where are the dead? Yeah, hopefully in the next page we see some corpses start to pile up. It's usually what I say around this time of the podcast. And I think we should jump ahead now and see what happens. Happens. See what happens. What's happening, bud? Hey, pancakes and corpses. Cooking with gas, people. 25% of pancakes and corpses. Chapter four. Yes. Beautiful. Low number of chapters. <coughs> you all know that really... <coughs> Shane, Sorry. Just take a, take a deep breath. Shane's hyperventilating. He's so excited at the low chapter number. I am. It gets my rocks off when a chapter is a low number. And I'm excited for pancakes. And I hate... I hate when it's like chapter 65. I hate it. At the 25% yeah. mark? Of course. There's 650 chapters in this book. Perrydale was a small village, so church attendance was slightly higher than most of the United Kingdom, but that didn't explain the circus Julia was witnessing at St. Peter's Church for a Sunday service. This church is too damn busy for me. Maybe they got some rockin' pancakes. Ooh, God's cakes. Everybody in the village has turned up. Dot whispered into Julia's ear as they shuffled into the crowded church. Turned up, was it? They're dancing. Ooh. On the pews. Turned down for Lord. There are only four reasons people have turned up today, and three of them are connected to Gertrude's death. Oh, dirty Gert. <laughs> See you around the block. Dirty Gert's uh, coffin's a boombox. Oh. Blasting some CC Dance Factory. What is it called? You know the thing? <laughs> Everybody dance now? CC Peniston? <laughs> a regular. Damn! I wish I was a lover. Isn't that Damn! I don't know the song. You're looking at me like you want me to do it. I don't know it. I don't know Mr. CC Penisser. <laughs> Isn't that why we're here? Damn! God damn! <laughs> Julia whispered back. I wouldn't have been here if you hadn't let yourself into my cottage this morning and shook me awake. I thought you were the murderer coming to get rid of the only witness. I'm here. Every- I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here every weekend. 
Dot said, pursing her lips as she adjusted her finest church hat. I come to pray. Why is she? Why I'm is a very religious woman. You she's know, the devil. Why is she speaking like this? That's a whisper, my friend. It's saying she's whispering. Yeah. Oh. She started out whispering, but now she just kept on. You know, don't ruin a good thing. Yeah, that's right. It's a beautiful whisper. The hair on the back of my neck stand up. I'm getting ASMR. Put me to sleep. Don't lie, Gran. I don't doing a southern accent. This is the UK. It could be in Wales. Don't lie, Gran. Don't lie, Gran. Hey, Granny, don't lie. <laughs> What's your British accent, Ganesh? We have yet to hear it. You don't have one, which is crazy because you have so many versions of American. Correct. And Indian. Yeah. Just the one, though. I should know how to do it. That's like accents number one. That's the first accent people learn how to do. Accents number one is a <laughs> famous book of accents. <laughs> and British is right there at the top. Um, you, can't, you can't even give it a shot? You can't even do like the Dick Van Dyke chimney sweep? Like, hello. hello. Hello, governor. Hello, Mr. Governor, with your little trousers. Give it a shot, Ganesh. I want to hear your best go. You're usually fast asleep in bed when Sunday service is happening. <laughs> it's good. It's, it's not Bravo, great. sir. <laughs> it's fine. It's better than I thought it was going to be. Man. I thought you were gonna, just going to break out the fucking transatlantic. I like, think you uh, need to go on to accents number two now. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a follow-up of how to... And you nailed it. It's Southern. Shh. Not in God's house. Dot said... You got to whisper in that British accent, buddy. Shh. Not in God's no, house. No, no, in God's house. No, in God's house. Whispering in another accent is hard. I never Damn. even thought about that. Damn. <laughs> Dot said, pointing up to the no, church. No cursing. Dot them. didn't say damn. Darn. Dawn. Dawn. Gosh, darn it. What he doesn't know won't hurt him. Oh, that took a wrong turn. Took a turn into Australian. Keep going. It's the same. I'm here in spirit and pray in my dreams. What do you pray for? Sue asked. Death. That he saves your souls and that he brings a new man into Julia's life. I was about to break out my greatest jewel impression after I heard save my souls, but I'm going to spare you guys. Uh, I'm sorry. You can save my soul. Come on, you know that song. Yeah, she wrote it in the back of a car. Is that right? From that, are you kidding? Why do you know so much about Jewel? That was like the Jewel story. She wrote it in the back of a car? Yeah, she's living out of a car. She was writing songs. I, you know way more about the Jewel story than I do. Oh, how could you not know about it? I just I, know I the hits. I also know. I don't know about Jewel. Jewel was like the biggest thing in the 90s. That's not <laughs> even close to true. That is a crazy thing for you to say titanic michael jordan thing michael jordan no jewel she was pretty big <laughs> okay convinced remember in the 90s people could just yodel in music like what happened where's the yodeling what happened alanis morissette was way bigger than jewel ever was um maybe that's actually not a bad debate to have and I'm interested in canceling the podcast and doing that. I think they both lifted themselves up. They were both great. Now, Jules from Alaska, is that right? Something like that. Okay. Atlantis Morissette's from Canada. Yep. Oh. So. And Blues Traveler is unrelated. I do not need a new man, Julia whispered, thinking instantly of the unopened divorce papers that were still sitting on her kitchen counter, waiting for her signature. I still have my old man. What are the four reasons that you think people are here? Well, Dot said coyly, obviously glad Julia had asked. I've given this a lot to thought. Nope. <laughs> it sounded good. <laughs> it's like an obstacle course. You, only, you have to keep working on it. The first reason is that people are here to ask for protection from the murderer on the loose. The second is that the murderer is here asking for forgiveness and everybody is waiting for somebody to slip up. That thought had crossed Julia's mind, and it was one of the reasons she had rolled out of bed and crawled into her clothes. She had held Mowgli as close as he would allow last night, and the sun had already started to rise by the time she finally fell asleep. The image of the knife sticking out of Gertrude's back. Yikes. Whoa. 
and hadn't allowed her brain to stop trying to piece the puzzle together no matter how tired she was. She died like Caesar. Oh, who's the Brutus? I think it was the main character. What's her name? Julia? Julia. No, 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 no. I think uh, Julia's going through enough. She is not taking her frustrations out on Dirty Gert. I mean, who's? Yeah. Anyone that owns a cat, just they wouldn't murder anybody. That seems like the opposite of the truth. Says the guy with a million cats. Yeah. Ganesha's a hoarder. He lives in a cat den. <laughs> That's three cats. That's a normal amount well, of cats. Three living ones, anyway. <laughs> they are cute. They're fine. Hey, is that the end of that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Tell me my cats are cute, Austin. They are a couple Tell of... Tell me. They're cute. I'll tell you the truth, and that's they're a couple of handsome gentlemen. Now, let's jump ahead to the 50% mark of damn corpses and pancakes. Jump ahead to the fifty percent mark of corpses and pancakes, or pancakes, pancakes and, and corpses, corpses and, corpses and chapter nine. Pancakes. pancakes. Imogen Carter's house was unusual in Perrydale in that it wasn't a cottage, and it was quite modern. Juliet always marveled at the strange glass construction as a child, and she always loved going to Roxy's house for supper after school. Julia remembered how you much say dinner or supper. Dinner. Yeah, it's dinner. If you say supper, please don't listen to the show anymore. We don't want you. I think I've said supper once or twice. Oh, no. I mix it up. You look like a kind of guy that would say supper. I did have a suspicion that you said supper. I say dinner mostly. When do you say supper? When somebody rings the little bell? Mm -hmm. I say supper's ready. Come in, boy. Quit rolling around on that bale of hay. (laughs) Supper. (laughs) It's supper time. You cry tears of joy. And I clap. Yes. My hands with many rings on them just (laughs) clapping. (laughs) Clack, 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 clack. Supper time is here. (laughs) Clicking his heels all the way back home. Mother, I'm ready. Julia remembered how much life the house had when she was a child. But now it looked sterile and cold. Imogen's husband and Roxy and Rachel's father, Paul Carter, (laughs) (laughs) love when a character has just a plain first and last name it's refreshing it is i know a paul carter or two in my life passed away when roxy and julia were teenagers and now imogen lived in the house alone and looked more like a glass prison than an inviting home these days Mm. the doorbell rang throughout the house and imogen carter answered the door with rollers in her faded ginger hair she clutched a white silk dressing gown across her body, which looked thinner than Julia remembered. Ooh, the body or the silk? Julia, dear, Imogen said with a shaky smile. (laughs) Is she old? So nice to see you. Or is that just your British voice? Come in. It's years later. Do I smell the distinct scent of your cinnamon swirls? The very same. You're an angel, Julia. Imogen beamed. Cut the bullshit. What do you want, lady? You bring my doorbell and talk about my cinnamon swirls. You killed Gertrude, didn't you? Didn't you, Imogen? She didn't like the swirls. Julia followed Imogen across the shining white floors of the grand entrance, which had a large domed window in the ceiling looking up at the pale blue sky above. I'm having a hard time, like, picturing this structure. Well, picture a glass. It's a glass house with a dome and white floors. Mm-hmm. That sounds unreal. It's like an atrium. 
They walked through the living room, which was as sterile as Julia remembered. Everything was white, including the carpets. And Julia knew they wouldn't last two seconds in her cottage. Why do you say white like David Duke? White. White. Everything was white. (laughs) (laughs) Including the carpets. And Julia knew they wouldn't last two seconds in her cottage with Mowgli's muddy paws. Get your cat out of the damn mud, dude. Wash those paws. Well, all cats in the UK are indoor-outdoor. They think having an indoor cat only is strange. Is that right? Yeah. Who says? The UK. Paul Hollywood? Paul. Probably if you asked him, yeah, he would tell you the same. I would respect it coming from him. He wouldn't give you a handshake if you have a muddy little tabby. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> I don't think he would. Um, you're right. I don't think he'd give me a handshake at all. I don't deserve Paul Hollywood's respect or his eye contact. Please sit. Imogen offered as she tightened the tie of her silk robe. I'll make us some tea. I have some of that peppermint and licorice tea you like so much. Ooh. Um, uh, pass. I'm sorry. Licorice? What do you guys pap- think? No. No, no way. Um, no. I like licorice. I like you, black licorice. Really? Yeah, I do. What do you do with it? I put it in my mouth, I chew it up, and I eat it. Wow. Yeah. Then I spit it up, and I eat it again. Double licorice. That's pretty good. Give it a shot. Don't knock it till you try it. I have tried it. Don't like it. Have you tried spitting it up? <laughs> Are Twizzlers licorice? No, they're red. Right, but it's a licorice candy. They're barely licorice. I you know what's even worse is red vines. Those are basically like you're eating a plastic straw. Are those the ones that you can like unravel? No, that's Twizzlers. Oh. Uh. Twizzlers. What do I think? That's why they're called also Twizzlers. Bad. They're all twizzled, twizzled up. No, Twizzlers are fine. You don't like Twizzlers? You know what I like? I like Kazoozles. You ever had a Kazoozle? The hell no. What the fuck is that? It's a Wonka product. Don't come in here talking Kazoozles. You're a Wonka guy. Don't come in here talking Kazoozles. I love my Wonka. Dude, Ganesh, okay, this is a, a one of my best memories of you. When we were living together in college, you for some reason had like a palette of gobstoppers i did and got and gobstoppers were just everywhere i do remember like that, yeah. loose rolling around i ate a lot of those i think like off the ground oh, yeah, yeah you just dust them off whatever they're everlasting that's right but anyway yeah you are a wonka guy stuff on the ground doesn't put me off that's a valid place to are have stuff yeah not wet foods but dry <laughs> sure <laughs> the ground is just as fine as the table <laughs> is what i always say to anybody who listens to me on the subway <clears throat> wait what's your favorite wonka sorry Willie, nerds rope. That's a great answer, actually. That's a good one. I no more explanation needed. You're gonna say I love nerds rope. No, oh, you're gonna say I hate nerds rope. <laughs> I was actually gonna say I'm going to hang myself one day with a nerds rope. What if you oh, found somebody nice. hanging by nerds rope? Well, you, a, you'll find out. Kind of a fun way to go. You'd have to like chew it to get it. That's what the note says. Chew me out of here. <laughs> Ooh, rough stuff. Imogen hurried off to the kitchen. Trigger warning to any nerds out there. Leaving Julia alone in the living room, she was scared to sit down on the white leather couch in case the dye from her peach-colored 1940s-style dress somehow leaked and injected some much-needed color onto the blanket. A new wardrobe, lady. The only color in the entire room came from the select pictures and glass frames which were displayed neatly on the mantelpiece, all pointing 45 degrees to the right. Julia spotted herself with Roxy as little girls in their fel- in their yellow summer school dresses. She smiled. A slightly older Rachel was in the background of the picture, pulling a face behind Roxy's back. And as the two girls grinned unaware, a part of Julia yearned for those simpler days. She heard the kettle ping. And bring, the s- bring, bring, bring. ready, sir. <laughs> They're two women. That's the kettle. Oh, okay. It's uh, Yeah, haven't you ever heard a kettle ping? Yeah, it screams at you, and it's also sexist. <laughs> the leather... A manly tea for the gentleman. <laughs> the leather cracked. The leather... It's a 40s. 
tea kettle. The leather creaked underneath her as though... Are you changing the words of the book? The leather creaked underneath her as though it was never used and was just for show. An open envelope caught her attention on the gleaming glass coffee table. She recognized it as a bank statement because she was with the same bank. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) The Bank of England. Julia chewed the inside of her lip and looked in the direction of the kitchen. She couldn't see Imogen, so she quickly pulled the letter from the envelope. Julia knew she was invading her friend's mother's privacy. Not my friend's mother. Or as they would say, privacy. Is that right? she was only looking for one piece of information, and she could ignore everything else. She ran her finger down the payments column and snapped her fingers together when she saw a 500-pound payment to Gertrude Smith. Oh, Uh-oh. my God. I, you know, a little detective advice. Yeah. I would not snap your fingers when you find a clue. <laughs> Especially when you're around the, the suspects. <laughs> I found it. Oh, boy, George. Oh, I have found it. <laughs> oh, boy, George. Karma Chameleon. She heard the jingle of china cups on a metal tray. Are you singing? She heard the jingle, jingle of china, china cups on a metal, metal tray. So she... <laughs> Got a natural ear for music. <laughs> I had to, I had to uh, play it out real quick. That was it. So she quickly stuffed the paper back in the into the envelope and sat back onto the couch. Ah, nothing going on here. I am afraid I haven't heard from Roxy, if that's why you're here, Imogen said as she set the tray on top of the envelope. I'm beginning to really worry. The school even rang me to ask if I knew where she was. On the telly? Ooh. Isn't that the TV? Actually, yeah. Is it? The yeah. TV. The Damn, te- dude. The telly, what they call the, the telly is what Ganesh calls <laughs> the, the TV. <laughs> Damn. Well, shit. Dude. I want to turn on the TV. I've been on TV, have you? Uh, No. No. Well, I have. The doing, TV. Doing what? Oh, you got interviewed. Oh, I've been on all kinds of TV. I've been on national television. Oh, yeah. Doing what? A little bit of this, a little bit of that. So I called my mom. I said, I'm on the TV, mama. <laughs> and she said, I'll press record on the DVR. <laughs> And then uh, it turns out it was a VCR and it was unplugged. <laughs> you could have been on a tape, too. I wish. God, could you imagine being on a VHS tape? Ah. Julia suddenly realized she hadn't even considered that Roxy could have faced the same fate as Gertrude. Her stomach turned and she pushed that thought to the back of her mind. I'm sure she's fine. She Julia was nice. said. I like that. Unsure. Well, won't be able to do it again. You're British. Get into it. You're you gotta, don't doubt yourself. Your, your accent is better in short bursts. Unsure of whom she was trying to convince. She'll be in touch when she's ready. I hope so. By God, I think he's got it. Imogen said <laughs> with a heavy sigh, I haven't left the telephone side. This has all been a, like a Pygmalion situation for Ganesh. He's speaking the king's English now, boys. Look at you go. It's not like Roxy to take off and not get in touch. Julia knew that to be true. Roxy was the type of friend who would call or send a text message, an SMS, every day of her holiday, just to let you know she was doing okay and having a fun time. I think they use WhatsApp over there, but I'm no expert. I'm sure they have texting. Most Europeans do not use SMS. Really? one thing I've learned from my limited interaction with Europeans. Why not? Because I think that it costs them money or something. Oh. I don't know. It's kind of like an out, because it it does suck. Like, it's way better to use Messenger or WhatsApp or whatever, uh, internet-based client, as opposed to using, like, MMS. MMS, like, never works for me. Is, is it even real? I've never received an MMS successfully. What's an MMS? It's a monster mega sauce uh, message, I think. That's what it stands for. 
What do you think, Anish? Got any thoughts over there? Or are you taking a nap? It's taking a little snooze before 75%. Okay. I think you're wearing yourself out with these accents. But you know what? You're doing a good job. Yeah. I think uh, nope. yeah. the queen herself <laughs> would decree that a battalion of her finest foot soldiers should march in your honor. <laughs> My God. Ganesh is commanding armies. Let's get out of here. Let's jump ahead to the 75% mark of pancakes and corpses. Folks, come on. Pancakes and corpses. Ready to see a little bit of both here. So pancakes stack. Mm -hmm. Am I to believe the corpses will be stacked as well? Yeah. Let the bodies hit the floor. With some butter on? Mmm. Hope so. And a little syrup? Yum. A little bit. You drown yours? I drown. You drown your pile? I drown my my pile in butter and syrup. I'm just drowning the pile. Do you put butter in between each layer? I yes. sure do. Hell yeah. yeah. Sure f- and syrup. That's a bit much. Is it though? Here's what I do. I put little pads of butter in between and yeah. then the heat of the pancakes melts it. Yes. It's yeah. nice and soft oh and then you put a little uh, syrup on top. And then, you know, you have a little syrup pool to the side that you can dip in if you find yourself with a piece that is I a little dry. I some pancakes right now. Well, why don't you put your money where your mouth is? Press pause and make some pancakes. Chapter 14. Ooh, we are eating pancakes now, folks. It's delicious. <laughs> After work on Thursday, Julia put a box of cakes along with a blanket and a note for Jesse in the stone yard behind her cafe. Are we talking pan or regular? On Friday morning, she was happy to see that her cafe hadn't been broken into and the box, blanket, and note were gone. A little after opening, her first customer of the day was Parker Brown. He ordered a shot of espresso and two slices of toast and sat at the table nearest the counter. Yum. Great order. Great order. Yeah. Great order. Yeah. That's all you need. That's all you need. Just toast and espresso. Gets the body working, chugging. You get the toast in there to absorb some of like the acidity of the espresso so you don't get a tummy ache. That's right. Fellas. That's right. I like my espresso with Oreos. Oreos are kind of like the weirdo's toast. That's true. If you think about it. That's right. Ganesh does use the uh, Oreos interchangeably with bread. Guy makes a mean I know pastrami or- sandwich. <laughs> I know Oreos makes their own cereal, but you know what's better than Oreo cereal? Um, Just taking the Oreos, dumping them into a bowl, dumping milk on top. Boom. That's stupid. You can't fit those in your mouth. You fit a whole Oreo in your mouth at once. If it's soggy enough, yeah. They'll Ugh. turn to sog so quick. Wait, do you like them really soggy? I sure do. All right, this is how I like to eat Oreos. I like to dip them so one half gets pretty darn soggy yeah. and the other half is still hard and yep. then you pop the whole thing in your mouth. No. And you get a little I bit of both. Don't care for this. I like a rock hard Oreo. Put it in the freezer even. Do you twist it open and eat like half or do you just crunch right in? Now here's what I think. Very unpopular opinion. Very unpopular opinion. I don't like the cream. I just like the chocolate ends. If you could just sell me those. This is why we're friends, Austin. This was meant to be. You crack them open. I'll lick the cream off. 
You eat the you eat the cookies. The tragedy of our friendship is that I would rather suffer through the cream than to give you any satisfaction. I I, I actually like <laughs> I actually like the the crisp part too. Yeah, right. I can't, but like, the cream, the cream, the, the cream is fine. But double stuffs for idiots. If you just put the double one, stuff is the only way to live. Yeah, if, if you put dope. the side with no cream just on your tongue and let it sit there for like a second, and then you eat it, it's great. You sounds you, to me like you like a soggy cookie. No, you just kind of like get you, the flavor of like the the crisp. So anyway, what I do usually with an Oreo is I just take a bite out of it like a psychopath. I just don't even separate it. Just take a big old chunk and then I suffer through the cream because double the chocolate negates it. It's just math that works for me. Science. Oreos, great snack. They're you can fine. eat them any way you want. I could eat so many of them. Have you had Oreo Thins? Nah, no, what's that? They're thin Oreos, if you can believe it. And they taste great because there's less cream. That's great. That sounds right up my alley. Amy Clark was released last night, Barker said as he tucked into his golden buttery toast. Back to square one, in it? <laughs> in it? Not quite square one, Julia said, hovering behind the counter and focusing on wiping away something that wasn't there. Did you find anything about the missing girl? Jesse, Barker mumbled through the mouthful of toast as he pulled a folded sheet of paper from his pocket. Or should I say, Jessica Rice? Jesse is the missing girl. <laughs> 16 years old. Where can I find a missing girl? Wish I knew. Been in the care system her whole life. She has a criminal record longer than my arm. Breaking and entering. Theft. Resisting arrest. And I've got a long arm. Breaching Look at this the sucker. Piece. You name it, this girl has done it. She was reported missing after disappearing from her 13th foster home, taking 200 quid with her on the way. No, not the quid. Now, what is quid? Is it the same as a pound? Is it just like a like the way we say buck for a dollar? Yes. Oh. I might know. be way wrong, okay. but that's what I think it is. Okay, Ganesh, what do you think? I think it's slang. Uh, yes. I think a quid is like a unit, like a couple I'll tell you. What's, I'll tell you what's a unit. This guy can eat. She's been lifting, working on that Bowflex. Let me oh, tell you about this Bowflex. I thought I saw some uh, wire hangers with strings poking out of your closet. Yeah, I noticed that your bed was gone, and in its place was a large monstrosity that could only be described as a Bowflex. You know, Shane got his. He's got his 10-pack. Shane's doing one-armed push-ups, and as I a, thought. As maybe. a reminder, Shane has jacked it up. He's doing the diesel version of the, the Bowflex. Yeah, have you seen his toes, dude? Yeah. His toes have abs. That's right. Well, thanks to the toe flex. That's, it's, it's the perfect companion. You know, uh, the diesel method is where you just do it like normal, but upside down. Yeah. And uh, naked. Yes, you have to be um And nude. it's crazy because before you install this, they actually have to confirm that your ceiling is made out of cement, and that is very rare. But I have it. It'll tear the drywall right out. You hang that Bowflex up there, you need fortified steel, baby. And that's why Bowflex offers a full rebuild of your house. And you got to just pop up there with your... Uh, Torque meat. Yeah. That and adds some stress to the foundation. Yep. I got a special offer. Okay. Came with a spotter. It's just a dude that just hangs out in my room. When I need a spot, he's there. Just got to feed him a little bit every day. Comes, he comes with a crate and a bullhorn that wakes him up in the morning. Anyway, get yourself a Bowflex if you want to be a unit like the quid. Julia took the paper from Barker and scanned over it. She wasn't too bothered about the long list of crimes, but she was happy to see that Jesse had been honest about her name. That told Julia more about the girl, who she couldn't believe was only 16. What? Than any <laughs> files on a computer would. Thank you, Detective Inspector. <laughs> okay. I read some sarcasm in her response. To <laughs> Julia said, slipping the paper into the pocket of her pale yellow dress. I really appreciate it. 
Oh no. All you twerking on your Bowflex really through these accents. Well, the thing they don't tell you is when you're hanging upside down on that Bowflex, all the smoke that it generates goes straight up your nostrils. <laughs> it's uh, pretty frightening stuff, actually. It gives you a real high. But you can power your television, your entertainment system. It's true, yeah. With yeah. your own juice. It's, I'm always talking about Ganesha's juice. He's virile and strong. Okay. <laughs> Barker tossed back his espresso, licked the butter from his fingers, and left. I bet he did. He gave Julia another vague warning of staying out of trouble, to which she waved her hand. Julia wasn't alone for long before Roxy Carter walked into the cafe looking much better than the last time Julia had seen her. Carter as I live and breathe. Roxanne. Carter. (laughs) (laughs) You're a real music kick today. You're the music man. That's what they call me around the the workplace. Hey, music man, did yeah. you do your files and your work for do, the day? I do carry a kazoo with me at all times, and I've been reprimanded by HR <laughs> near countless times. Are kazoos more or less fun than harmonicas? Way less fun. Harmonicas, harmonicas you can actually play like songs. Harmonicas sound good even if you're bad at it. That's they do. Not, that's not They good. do sound great. There's no <laughs> bad harmonica. <laughs> that's the one thing they say about harmonicas is you've never heard bad harmonica. No, look at like Bob Dylan and Neil Young. They were just sitting there whizzing around. They didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, there's tooting, tooting and spraying. It's going to get wet. It's right there in the splash zone, bud. Goddamn. Damn. Damn. Mama. I'm done? No. 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 Yeah, you're done. It's fine. What's Roxanne going to order? Yeah. Or uh, maybe she's not there to diet Coke. On the house, Julia said, and she said a latte and a chocolate brownie in front of her. That answers my question. Yo, that's my order. If Oreos aren't available, coffee and a brownie. Is this you talking? That's in the book. I'm just saying. I guess I'm a Roxy Carter. That's all. Oh. You you do have the legs. Next time you go to a coffee shop, ask for the Roxy Carter and see what you get. (laughs) They're like, oh, latte and a brownie. Yeah, I'll report back. Gives you a brick of cocaine. Here you go. You, sir, you know how to. Pure. Are you done? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. That's fine. What was that? Uh, 75%? Yeah. All right. All right. We're grooving. I think we know what's happening. We're moving. We're grooving. We're having fun. And uh, most importantly, we're learning a little bit. We are. About all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I learned how to do an accent. You did. Well, we're almost there. That's Uh, bread to go, isn't it? Oh, no, 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 no. You had me at in it. (sighs) Let's jump ahead now to the last page of uh, Pancakes and Corpses. Hey, read the last page of Pancakes and uh, Muffins. Yeah, oh, that would be a much nicer book. After taking a sip of her hot tea, Julia tore open the tight seal of the envelope. <laughs> Do you think you're nailing that? You had a face nope. on it like you were like, oh, yeah, I'm nope. doing it. Yeah, you nope. pulled a face on that one. The overpowering scent of lavender filled her nostrils. She winced. Her mother hated the smell of lavender, and Julia had inherited that quirk. As she pulled the letter out of the envelope, Mowgli jumped onto the Aww, counter. Welcome back, Mowgli. He, he reads mail, too. He had muddy feet again. You know, fucking freak. <laughs> he sniffed the unfinished cupcake and the letter. He turned his nose up at both. All right, I get it, she said, tickling under Mowgli's chin. Your cupcakes are a bit stodgy, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Paul or Mary? Uh, Prue. Mm. Prue would never. It's a Paul. The heavily scented letter appeared to be an invitation, handwritten in the same ornate lettering as her name on the envelope. She scanned the invitation, her eyes honing in on the signature at the bottom. Her stomach nodded when she saw Katie Wellington South. Starting back... name? 
That's the name. KT Wellington South. Is there a hyphen? There's a hyphen. Ooh, between Katie and Wellington. <laughs> Katie Wellington <laughs> South. Starting back at the top where her own name was, she read through the detailed invitation. Dear Julia, it gives me great pleasure to invite you to Paradale Manor for a very special garden party where I, Katie Wellington South, and my dear <laughs> and my dear husband, Brian South, will be making an exciting announcement. So it is the first name hyphened with Wellington because if her husband's last... No, no, wait. no, no, no. Her name was Katie Wellington and but then married South. Of and Beef Wellington fame. That's right. Her family invented Beef Wellington and her husband's family invented the direction South. It's, wow. a, it's, it's old money. <laughs> well, they're having a party. They must be yeah. pretty affluent. Oh, they, they own a manor. Come on. Please arrive at Perrydale Manor at noon on Sunday, March 11th. You are welcome to bring one guest. A little late for a garden party. My garden party started 830. In the morning. Well, that's really when the garden is in like full. It's in full bloom. Full bloom. That's yeah. when you want to full see show. That. The morning light. Dew on the leaves. Some dew. Don't forget the dew. You got to do the dew. We look forward to your attendance and we cannot wait to share our very special news with you. With hugs and kisses, Katie Wellington South. We're burning the garden. <laughs> this garden's been a burden on my family for too long. Salted the earth. Julia didn't know how many times she read over the invitation, picking over every word, trying to decode what secrets were going to be revealed at the very special garden party. She didn't like where her imagination was taking her. Katie Wellington South. <laughs> Jesse mumbled as she read the invitation over Julia's shoulder, breaking her from her thoughts. They found Jesse. Very special announcement. We found Jesse's body. Who's that? Boy, she is waterlogged. My father's wife, Julia said, pushing the scented paper back into its envelope. She's inviting us to a garden party tomorrow. Don't you mean your stepmother? I already have a garden party scheduled for tomorrow. Jessie asked as she rubbed a towel through her dark hair. I've been with enough families to know your dad's missus is your stepmom. Katie Wellington is not my stepmother, Julia said quickly. Come on, get dressed. She's an old crow. We're going to be late <laughs> to open the cafe. Jessie rolled her eyes and headed off to her bedroom, leaving Julia to read the note over and, and over again. Uh, another garden party. Ah! <laughs> when her sister and Gran both called one after the other, asking if she too had received an invitation, she was only surprised it had Have you heard about the garden party? Yes. Gran, not now. Yes, yes, Gran. <laughs> yes! It had taken them so long to call. <laughs> what is that? What is that? Yes! Well, that's, that's how I talk to my grandmother. I don't know about you. As they drove towards the center of Perrydale Village with the morning's bakes carefully fastened in the back seat, Julia drummed her fingers on the steering wheel, wondering what kind of announcement could be so important that it needed a garden party to make it. I have pancreatic cancer. In the depths of her mind, she heard the sound of a baby crying, and every hair on her body stood on end. It wasn't until she was pulling into her parking space between her cafe and the post office that she realized she had, once again, forgotten to pick up divorce papers off the kitchen counter. Ah, still married. Whoops. That's the end, huh? Well, there must have been some corpses in there. Well, I mean, Gertrude, dead. Oh, yeah. That was a corpse, and we saw it. Go us. Yeah. We got lucky. Frankly, I saw more corpses than I saw pancakes. Yeah, not a lick of pancakes. Uh, there's a whole mess of real cakes, though. Big, beautiful cakes. Frankly, Cakes and Corpses would have been a better title, but I'm no author. Who do you want to cast in this movie? If we were to make this into a movie, let's say I got my boy Stevie Spielberg on the phone and said, Get me your finest crew. Who are we putting in it? All right. We got Julia. Julia. Pancake extraordinaire. Okay. And cat owner. No, everybody has to be British in this movie. Keira Knightley. Or Renee Zellweger. Renee Zellweger is an American. Yeah, but. Who played a British she person. She does a really good British. She's the only one allowed in it. All right. Well, she's Julia. Or, okay, yeah. That's what I think. That's it. Right? Dirty Gert is Helen Mirren. Yeah. Face down. Perfect. Never see her face. 
Just knife in the back. Sorry, Dirty Gert. Then we have the male character. <laughs> what was his name? Uh, Paul Carter. Yeah. Well, obviously Paul Hollywood. Yeah. Why not? He's got those White Walker eyes. Those baby blues. Kill you. Yeah. It's like what Medusa had. Yeah. When I look, if you look Paul Hollywood in the eyes, you turn into a sponge cake. Uh, is, <laughs> condescending laugh. I didn't care for that. <laughs> Like, okay, who else is in? Uh, we got the, Jesse and Roxy. Jesse, Roxy, and Katie Wellington South. Ooh, Katie Wellington South is uh, Olivia Coleman. Okay, sure. Great. Right she's, off her she's success. In, she's in the news. She's hot. Let's do Rachel Weiss as one of the. Roxy. As Roxy. And who's the last person? Is Jesse the missing girl? Ooh, well, then we'll never see her, so there's no need for an actor. Well, she was at the. She was in the, the last end. scene. Um, she's fine. I'm going to say that she is played. Keira Knightley. Didn't you already cast her? No, we oh, went with going, Renee Zellweger. We went with Renee for that role. Okay, I get it. That's right. Okay. Yeah, that's a good That's a good cast. That's. A, I would watch that movie. It's great. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. You yeah. in agreement? We all good? We all good here? It sounds great. That we was good? a fun book. We didn't really see much of it. That's fun. We saw it just enough. But you know what this was? This was Ganesh flexing a new skill. That's His sweet. English accent. That's sweet uh, English accent. It was beautiful. I'm going to listen to this in a few days when I sit down to edit it and cringe. You don't do that already? <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole exercise here. Is, this is just us trying to get over ourselves. We embarrass ourselves every week and publish it as sort of a punishment to us. It's an atonement of sorts. Yeah. It's like Groundhog Day. It is. I feel but, like I'm dying every week. Yeah. And then I keep coming back for more. And I keep thinking, what do I need to do to get out of this cycle? And I think, is this hell? Do I, I live in I hell? I can't escape it. This feels like hell. Anyway, thanks to Morris Reese for the music. Thanks to Chris Linguist for the artwork. You can find us at bookclubpodcast.com, AMZN Book Club on Facebook, and Twitter, and Instagram. You can email us at amzmbookclub at gmail.com. Hell, you could even give us a phone call at 867-567-309-0357-0357. Just threw a whole lot of numbers out there at you. Dial some of them and see what happens. Sounds good. It sounds like a phone. It sounds like a phone number to me. I don't know about you. I've dialed a couple phone numbers in my day. That sounds like one of them. That's the end of the episode. Thank you, Ganesh, for being you. You're welcome. Thanks, bud. Shane, better luck next time. See you guys. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.